Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Victor Mleng, and this is the Grace Apologetics Podcast. The podcast that apparently happens only sporadically. <laughs> yeah. But just an update on things. Um, where did we leave? Our, where did we leave previously on Grace Apologetics? Well, previously, um, I got a job. Which is always something that I thank God for. Because, to be honest, to be honest, I've of late I've been in a place of rebuilding myself. To be honest, I've been in this in the place I've been in a place of rebuilding myself since January fifteenth. of 2021 to be honest the paradigm shift that happened when my dad died from him being the primary breadwinner to me trying to fill those shoes has been a rough one You know, the thing that I attribute my work ethic to is professional wrestling and professional wrestlers. And I know it's like, oh, it's wrestling, you know, it's fake. Yeah, I know it's fake. But in the sense that um, where you have the Undertaker crush the entire side of his eye and yet go out in the ring the next night wearing a mask his entire orbital bone rather not his entire orbital bone not the entire he'd crush his face wear a mask and go and wrestle um why you have triple h not once but twice actually completing a match whilst having his quad torn you know if the the number one rule in wrestling well back then was the show must go on Somehow you just need to finish the match. So much so that when Daniel Bryan suffered a concussion or a concussion-related injury during a match, he got upset at Triple H for stopping the match, knowing that Triple H would have fought through the concussion, not necessarily fought through the concussion because it's not really possible to fight through a concussion. But he knows that Triple H would have finished the match regardless, and so they entered into a screaming match and got nose-to-nose. And that is where my work ethic is because the whole essence of wrestling is it's a respect-based business. You pay your dues and you travel the roads. Well, maybe not as much today, because, but you pay your dues, you travel the roads. Along the way, you earn the respect of your peers. Well, you earn their respect because you are... Um, you earn their respect because you work together essentially to produce a match, to produce a sporting event. It's a simulated, it's a simulated combat sport that tells a story of a baby face and a heel and 
that story leads to a conclusion and you need to at least respect the person that you are in the ring with because you are literally trusting them with yourself with with your safety with your health with your well-being and if you do not have that respect you do not have it my point being is that um the transition that i made from my dad being the sole breadwinner to me trying to provide my family with entry-level jobs when my dad was like at the top of the pyramid was is really hard and i'm and i would admit a lot of the time it strains on me emotionally and the thing that got worse or the thing that made me feel worse was the death of my sister because then i ended up feeling like a failure like because my sister was a very very um elementary and i mean that in the best way but she was a very elementary person she she loved small things she loved basic things basic human interactions made her smile sometimes i wish i could if i could turn back time that is the one thing that i'll change is that i'll try and try to have been more helpful to her but elementary things made her smile she wanted she wanted a small thing like traveling on a plane or it's a big thing but i know that there are people out there in whom that is a small thing for very elementary things like a conversation very elementary things like just wanting to laugh very elementary things like just enjoying life and it's only now that i realize after she's dead that she was not my sister or she was my sister obviously but i did not treat her like she was my sister i treated her like she was my child and so when you're constantly making sacrifices for somebody there's a certain level of attachment that comes in and i'm not saying that i am a parent that has experienced the loss of a child but i think i can understand what it feels like because my sister was handicapped and essentially I tried to, like, it really didn't matter if she could put a smile on my face. My job was to put a smile on her face. And now there is nobody to laugh at my jokes. Or there's, because, you know, sometimes I'd um, notice an obscure detail in a movie and I'd point it out to my sister and it would make her feel good and it it would make her laugh. But anyway, the transition from being um the transition of be from being kept to trying to keep is one that I is one that I'm trying my best to handle. Given my circumstances, I am not or rather i do not use that i do not use my suffering as an excuse to try and stay back because in as much as it is hard i do try my best to move forward and i do try my best to hold fast to god and his promises even though there was a period i feel for me i i might be the most i might be the one person who does not treat his relationship with God 
I'm the way it ought to be because if I'm upset at God, I just stop talking to him, which I know is not the best thing in the world. And to be honest, the reason why I get upset at God, and I think it's the reason why a lot of people do get upset at God and but wouldn't want to admit it, is we know that he has the power to stop certain things from happening or rather or prolong them or he's in charge of it he's in charge of life he's the one who can prolong a life if he wants to he's the one that can shorten a life if he wants to and and he's and he already knows he already knows that um he already knows that on such and such a day this person is going to die or on such and such a day if he takes this route he's going to die and so on and so forth and so and so to be honest i i get upset at god i know that it's 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 it's, it's, it's a moot point as joey would say it's it's it doesn't make sense to get but it's, i get upset at god and i stop talking to him i'm like hey i'm gonna make god suffer which is a stupid thing to think of because god honestly can't suffer and funny thing is in as much as we would have liked or we would like god to um prolong the days that we spend with the people in our lives we, whenever he takes their life ultimately it will always feel like a short time that's just the truth is that any journey that comes to an end will always feel like it should have lasted longer. And because of that, it it helps me kind of not it helps me to kind of not um it, it helps me not to be as mad as as mad to God as I feel like, but sometimes I'm just petty. I'm just petty, and I just say that, well, God, yeah, and I, I, I know all things work together for good and all that stuff, but I'm just not in the mood to be with you. But the thing about that is that you slowly you slowly grow a resentment towards God. Or at least I noticed that I started growing a certain level of resentment towards God because I knew that God could have made things a little bit easier than a little bit more easier than he has made them and not to not to open up a can of worms but even whilst in the phase in my phase of trying to rebuild myself i 
received ridicule for the efforts that I tried to, that I have tried to put forth. And that makes it a heck of a lot harder to try and hold fast to the faith. It's it's really it's really sucky. It's really sucky because then I put myself in this awkward place where because I know that God is real and I mean this objectively I know that God is real because of the um, at least for me the inwards revelation that the Holy Spirit gives and the outward revelation or the rather the outward evidence of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ and subsequent resurrection subsequent resurrection and so it's not even like i can try and um it's not even like i can try and run away from the faith because it's not even like i can run i can try and run away from the faith because i know that it is an objective fact that God exists. And it puts me in a sucky place where I do not want him to exist, but he does exist. And so I'm in this weird, weird place where I don't want to pray to God. But... I have no choice but to acknowledge that he exists. I don't know. I've, I really, 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 really. And it's... It's really painful. It's really painful. Knowing... Knowing that God is there. But also knowing that you don't want to talk to him. You don't want to pray. You don't want to read the Bible. And even going to church. Somehow, somewhere, I justified myself not going to church. Because it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Because to me, in the eyes of God, I did not matter. Those, those, there is, there was, there is, there was no way. There was no way for me to honestly acknowledge God. Because he's been silent concerning a lot of things.
not necessarily a lot of things, but he's been silent. And I feel so alone. I feel like everybody, everyone expects me to respond or react in a certain way. But then it's... I am an emotional mess and I'll be the first person to admit that. And the thing that sucks is I don't take drugs. I don't take alcohol. There's really nothing to help numb the pain. And it then makes me feel like I'm in this very, very awkward place where the soundness or the yes the soundness of my mind is what makes me feel unsound and i get trapped in the voices in my head and sometimes it's even hard to sleep because i'm now fantasizing about my own death the last two years taught me that I am mortal. I've never, ever been this afraid of death. I am afraid. I am scared. Sometimes I blame myself because I feel I'm a little bit unadvisable. I feel unadvisable because I just want things to be easier. I just hope. Well, I don't even have hope anymore. I pray because there is a little bit of uncertainty with prayer at least hope at least hope with hope there's some sort of happiness I guess but I honestly hope and I just pray that maybe something would get better So I started my new job and it's really hard. I work with I work with um, a Chinese I work at a Chinese firm and the Chinese really, really, really exhaust their their employees working hours. I've never worked this much in I've never worked this much before. 
I work in the outskirts of Lusaka, very close to Kafue. It says Kafue town when I'm approaching the toll at my workplace. And so for a lot of the people at the company, they do not have cars. I'm one of the few people that's blessed with a car. And so I thought of just just helping out where I can if they need when coming back home from work because we work from 8 to 20. That's a good 12-hour shift. And so when driving, I help a few people out. And there's this Russian lady that I help out. And she said that we cannot be um, riding in Victor's car for free. She, she said that everyone will be paying a minimum of 200 to help with petrol. And I was left speechless. I was left speechless because outside of my family I can count I can count the number of people who've helped me out, genuinely helped me out. And now I do not have to pay for fuel. I don't. My car's tank is almost full. I had put a, a thousand kwacha worth of fuel and it reached half. Now with the people that I'm helping out helping me with fuel, I don't have to worry about it. And I remembered that God is good. Because honestly, honestly speaking, I struggle, and when I have, a, I'm, 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 I'm a. I'm a weird, weird person with OCD. And so, like, when the fuel gauge passes a certain level, I try my best to keep it at that level. And it was at half, and I wanted it to stay at half. But I didn't know how I was going to maintain it. And I didn't pray to God. I haven't honestly prayed to God in some time. My relationship with Him is hard. It's one of the reasons why I do not post that much, I do not talk that much on the pod, is because I don't want to sell a Jesus that I do not believe in. But even when I'm down on my luck, I know that's, luck is not something that Christians should talk about, but even when, even when I'm not in the best position, I always feel like Jeremiah with a fire shut up in his bones. And so it takes great restraint for me not to. Speak. But I am honestly grateful to God for that. I don't know if it's a seemingly small gesture to them. But to me it's huge. 
it's beautiful not knowing where not it's beautiful not having to pay for your own fuel The other day, a friend of mine, or not a friend, more of an acquaintance, her name is Faith uh, Mutanoka. She... I had reached out to her because essentially... I had reached out to her because essentially I was told that I should seek therapy and stop ruining people's lives and I reached out to her because she's the she was the only other Zambian that I know that has had therapy and so I wanted her to give me an explanation of how things work how the therapy works and all that and to run me through it and she helped she she genuinely, I guess, I did not think it was genuine at the time, but she um, helped me through that tough time when I was essentially taught to buzz off and I honestly had forgotten that we had spoken. But she came and said, hey, I was thinking about texting you earlier and she and she just wanted to find out if I was doing okay. That made me happy. Made me happy because very few people ever ask me about me. And it felt good. It felt good to know that. Some people actually do care about your well-being. Now outside of your family, of course. They have no choice but to care about your well-being. But it just felt really awesome. I'm now going to read um, the lyrics of Stranger in Moscow by Michael Jackson because this this song, its lyrics actually make me realize how much it I can relate to it. So I'm just going to read it. I can't sing. So it goes, I was wandering in the rain, mask of life, feel insane, swift and sudden fall from grace. Sunny days seem far away. Kremlin's shadows belittling me. Stalin's tomb won't let me be. On and on and on it came. Wish the rain would just let me. How does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? When you're alone and you're cold inside. That's what I feel. I feel alone and cold inside. Here abandoned in my fame. Armageddon of the brain. KGB was dodging me. Take my name and just let it be. Then a beggar boy called my name. 
happy days will drown in pain on and on and on it came and again and again and again take my name and just let it be I know Michael Jackson and I are in two different positions. He wrote this when he had his first pedophilia child molestation accusations in 1993. That's when he wrote the song Stranger in Moscow. But to be honest, that is the way I feel. Feel like a stranger in Moscow. <laughs> he was actually in Moscow. It was actually in Moscow. I felt really, I feel really, really, really alone. But there are certain lessons that, there are certain lessons that this whole process has taught me. Certain lessons that this whole process has taught me from the day my dad, dad died up to today that I thought I would just like to share with you. Number one, no matter how long you spend with somebody, the moment it ends, it will always feel short. Number two, the teacher is always silent during the test. What do I mean by this? The first one I, I kind of explained, it's kind of self-explanatory. I always relate this to um, Jesus on the boat and that's not because it gets me reminiscing about my re teacher who said and then jesus told the storm shut up and the storm obeyed him so it's not just a way of me thinking about my re teacher but it's interesting is that jesus talked about faith throughout the sermon on the mount he talked about faith talked about so many things he talked about so many things and as soon as that he said let us go to the let us go to the other side and then the storm came and after the storm or not after the storm during the storm the disciples were panicked and they went to wake up jesus and said don't aren't you not concerned that we're going to die jesus comes a storm and he tells them that they do not have faith but then you wonder why Jesus chose that particular time to sleep. Obviously because he was tired. But isn't it interesting that right after... Right after Jesus' most famous sermon, he expected them. He tested them 
and he expected that they would believe that they would go to the other side. He was asleep during the test. He was silent during the test. Number three, it's easy to be a Christian when life is moving smoothly. Number four, God is horrible when you're going through trauma. What I mean by that is your perception of God will be skewed when you're going through trauma. You always think that he could stop this. Why isn't he stopping my pain? Why is he allowing me to go through even more pain? Even John the Baptist doubted Jesus' messiahhood or messiahship when he was imprisoned. And he said to his disciples, go and find out if he truly was the Christ. And this is a man that was set apart by God, by the Holy Spirit when he was born. To announce the coming of Jesus as the forerunner to the Messiah. God is horrible. At least that's what your perception of him will be. If you're going through and if you're going through extreme trauma. I've lost count of the numbers, so I'll just say the next one. Try to have an honest conversation with somebody who is suffering. Don't try to advise them. They're not going to take it. But just be real with them. If you do not know what to say, just say that you're going to be there for them. And actually be there for them. It's going to go a long way when they. It's going to go a long way when they um, get out of the funk that they're in. Don't expect. The next one is don't expect your friend, who's gone, or is going through a trauma be the same person that they were. The next one is sometimes God would allow you to go through your pain alone in order for you to be more empathetic to somebody who is going through the same thing. And for you to help them out and to move and to help them move forward. Anyway, that's the only that's the thing that I always find funny is you're not going to get the help, you're not going to you're going to sort your stuff out yourself in order 
to allow in order to allow um in order to allow somebody else to not sort out their stuff by themselves but to reach out to them and help them out lastly God allows us to go through the things that we go through so that we can depend on him more. Do not believe the words of people that say that God will not test you beyond your limit or won't tempt you beyond your limit. I will be honest with you, the last two years of my life have been beyond me. And I'm trying to reason my way out of it, but it doesn't work. In Genesis, the story of Joseph always reminded us that God was with him. God seemed silent during that time. But God was still with him. And at the end of it all, what Joseph's brothers were intended for good, for bad rather, God made it for good. And I'll end with this quote from Joyce Meyer. That says that we live life going forward, but we always understand it backwards. God bless you.